listening to Salam Doll, the podcast where Muslim women don't fit the stereotypes, we break them. I'm your host, Zara Pedersen. You can find this episode and the full archive of all the episodes on zarapedersen.com. Welcome to the show. Salam Doll, it's your girl Zara here returning with yet another episode of the podcast. Although this time I've got a bit of a different format and that is because this week is kind of special to me because you see... This Monday, just past Monday the 7th of June, was the date that my book launched here in Denmark and I am so, so, so excited about it and it's been a, a quite a ride <laughs> to say the least, um, but I thought that it would be quite interesting to speak a little bit on the process of writing a book and uh, sort of my journey with it and everything else. So what I've done for this week's episode is I went uh, onto my Instagram and I asked you guys to ask me any questions that you feel you wanted answered around the process of writing, the story that I'm writing, maybe uh, inspiration, whatever it might be, anything to do with writing a book or my book or the publication of a book and so on and so forth. And you guys did not disappoint. I did get some questions and they're really good questions as well. And so this episode, I'm going to be answering your questions because I can't really interview myself. So I'm going to be going by what you've asked me and I'm going to try my very 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 best to give you the best possible answers to all of your questions if there is something that you feel like I'm not explaining properly then do please hit me up over on my socials my Instagram is definitely the best place to reach me that's where I'm most active and so if you hit me up with a message there that's definitely where I'm gonna see it first but other than that uh, I hope that what I have recorded here today will give you some answers and maybe a little bit of inspiration and motivation to sit down and start writing your book or finish writing the book that you're already working on so without further ado I say let's get into it So the first question that I'm going to answer is, what is the book about? Actually, you know what, before I answer that, I think it's very important that I just sort of preface this whole thing by saying that my book is not self-published. I did get a publishers here in Denmark that are doing a lot of the work. And I want to say this because I want to, I want you guys to know that I was very much in doubt about sharing um, anything really about what the book is about initially up until now that the book is actually out because they're you know the the publishing house that you work with you know you have to make sure that you're following their plan their marketing strategies their press PR everything like that this is the first book I've ever written so and, and had published you know so um I've, I've sort of been like how much can I say and when and I I you know I've just kind of been following you know what my publishers have been saying so I've been very quiet to be fair about what this book is about so I'm gonna go right in now and actually answer the question for you guys if there is any doubt at this point now as well so I have written a fiction novel it is actually uh, under the genre of chick literature so kind of like um think about you know the shopaholic series Bridget Jones diary um, I would actually even put it in if you ever read uh, or are familiar with you know the sex in the city book before it became a series I know that some people are like no it was a series it's a book but <laughs> um, I kind of grew up with all of these sort of influences and they meant a lot to me because I could see myself quite a lot in the 
in the struggles and the battles that these female heroines would go through in their stories. And I always kind of wanted this person to also be ethnic or Muslim. And when I say ethnic, I mean sort of Arabic or brown, especially as someone who lives in a predominantly white country. So I wanted to create this character and I did, and her name is Amira. So the book is about Amira and it's a classic chick literature with trying to find love. Of course, it's now influenced by the fact that she has a different culture than the Western one and she has a different religion or at least for the first time, I think, you know, religion is really brought up in one of these chick literature books because as far as I remember, Bridget Jones don't have any sort of associations with like religion or anything like that. The same can be said really about Sex and the City, except, you know, obviously like, um, what's her name, Charlotte, you know, becomes Jewish later, but it's, it's such a small part of the story still. It's more about her getting married to Harry and, you know, Samantha has sex with a priest or, what it, or wants to have sex with a priest, but he's, you know, you know what I digress I digress I apologize sis but anyway the point is that a lot of these stories don't really tend to have religion as a, a, a big component in their story so I've decided in my book that that obviously has to be a thing because as a Muslim woman I need to speak on that you know it's my my religion does matter when I go out dating and you know if eventually when I got married it, it also mattered so Amira has you know, it, it, we're following Amira on her journey. She, we meet her when she has just turned 29 years old. And she, in this sort of congregation of, you know, sisters and cousins and everything and celebrating her, you know, she's been made aware, you know, that she's the only one there who's still single. And, you know, being 29 and, you know, Ar uh, Arabic, you know, that's almost unheard of. And, oh, my God, what's wrong with you if you're not married? Obviously, take everything with a pinch of salt. This is all humorous, OK? This <laughs> meant in good spirit. Yeah. Um, but um, she's kind of tired of it. And so she has given herself a year to find herself a husband. She wants to go out and meet a man and get married before she's 30. And basically the whole book is this one year of her giving herself this incredible deadline of one year to find and meet and, and you know, connect and keep a guy. That's some Wajiha Amin there, I've learned. Um, if you don't know what that is, you need to go back to episode number two of this uh, podcast and then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and um, what we're following in that year is her struggles to make, you know, the cultures align. She's English, she's got Arabic heritage. So getting those two cultures that are very different um, to try not to make them collide, but try and make them meet uh, with each other. And also trying to understand how much her religion actually means to her in all of these things and how she places herself and her religion in accordance with finding another person, somebody to marry, and taking into consideration some of the expectations that may have been placed upon her from her environment, and also some of the expectations that she has placed upon herself from her, you know, from her childhood, from her culture, from her religion. And so it's really just trying to bring a new perspective on the love story, this classic, story we've been getting for years with this hugely western twist non-religious twist and trying to put it into a more brown and religious narrative so that's what the book is about 
So another question I got, and there was a few people who actually asked this in different ways. You know, one says, what was your inspiration? Uh, another one says, what was your push from the idea to actually writing the book? And how did the idea of the book come about? And I kind of feel like they're a little bit in the same boat. So I'm going to try and tackle these questions in one go. And so the inspiration for the book really has just been my life and the life like that I've you know the friends in my life the sisters the, the clients everybody that I've met who who's ethnic and who lives in you know either the UK or in Denmark and have to try and you know tackle two cultures and a religion and trying to make everything you know align somehow peacefully and I've always thought it was quite interesting and also quite entertaining a lot of the stories that I heard and I could I just could relate so much to it and I really felt like there was something there that just had not been tapped into yet and that the masses really didn't understand and so that was my inspiration was just everything that I've seen throughout my life um, one of the things that I've say said to the journalists here when I've done interviews and stuff is you know there's not a single untrue story in this book you know everything that you you would read in the book is something that is taken from a real situation one way or another um but it's obviously just all of it been you know compiled into one big mess for the you know entertainment value um but it's all you know inspired from real life my life my sister's lives my friends lives my clients lives and then it's obviously just been made into a story that's just you know hopefully entertaining to read but then also um can give an insight into what it actually means to be a muslim woman looking for love and not just you know whatever the well, depending on where you are in the world, but I mean, I'm in Denmark and it can be kind of a judgmental racist place to be. <laughs> and um, they have a very limited narrative around what it means to be a Muslim woman and just kind of try and present another narrative to something that they don't really understand. Let's put it that way. And so my actual, um, my actual idea for the book came to me, I think it was 15 years ago. I'm almost ashamed to say that it was this long, but it really was this long that, that I really came up with the idea way back when. Um, and I think what happened um, is I, I always wanted to create this story. I always wanted to write this book, but as every time I sat down and tried to write the book, I, I kind of got sideswept a little. I got, you know, by my own insecurities, by what was happening in the world, other things were more pressing. Um, it didn't feel as important all of a sudden, and, you know, there might have been other things happening. Or to be fair, I always also had like this in the back of my mind, like, will people want to read this? I mean, m maybe there's a reason why no one else has written this book, you know, maybe people just don't want it. And you know, for 15 years, guys, 15 years, that's a long time to sit on an idea. But I also do believe, though, and I, I do feel like I have to say this, is everything happens in the right time. You know, by the will of Allah, everything that is supposed to happen will happen. And I do think that's also the case here. So I do believe that this came out in the right time. And subhanAllah, you know, the way that it's come out is received so much attention and support already um, even before it actually hit the bookshelves so I do believe that everything has happened in the right time that maybe the reason why I was hesitating on it and not 
being able to write it in the right way you know every time I sat down and tried was because it wasn't the right time yet but nonetheless 15 years ago I actually came up with the idea and so what was the the actual push that then made me sit down finally and after 15 years write the book is that I hosted a tv show here in Denmark called Camp Nomai which means um the, the fight for me and it was a four episode show here in Denmark and I was in interviewing people who just like me were sitting between two cultures so they're born in Denmark but they also have heritage there's something different or they came to Denmark at an early age so they've got the Danish and something else as well in the background like two cultures and uh, most likely also the the Muslim perspective on top or all of them actually had the Muslim perspective on top as well and um, it was sort of like going into the idea of like how do we balance these things and when I was interviewing these people for this um, this TV show I was just it, it was sort of like it was affirming that all the things that I really wanted to you know tackle in the book some of the things that I wanted us to be better at talking about within the Muslim communities but also outside of the Muslim communities um, it, it wasn't just me who felt these things there were other people who were going through the same struggles so it kind of felt like it validated my idea of the book that I wanted to write but what it also did was it created the relevancy for the book for me at least you know it made me feel like yes it is important that this book is coming out because this book is relevant um here in Denmark or it, you know if when it comes out inshallah in other countries and things like that you know and um so it became sort of like that push for me to like okay now you need to sit down and you need to work on this book so I did and that was basically how I had the idea the inspiration and how I actually finally started writing the book after 15 years <laughs> the next question is what and how long was the process from idea to contact with a publisher and this is actually a very interesting one because I don't I actually don't want you guys to sort of go with my experience on this because my experience was a little bit unique and definitely not the common process when it comes to writing a book so as I said I'd hosted this tv show here in Denmark and um, after that uh, when that had been shown uh, on tv I got an opportunity to be in this uh, this national uh, newspaper they had this campaign over Christmas where they wanted to interview uh, a Muslim and a Jew and a Christian and talk to them about the different ways that they uh, relate to religion around the holiday time and so I was like yeah I'll do that and so I did it and it turns out that um, the the woman who came after me so I was the first one one week and the next week it was her feature as the Christian woman she was a publisher and she'd read my interview and she'd also seen my tv show so she actually reached out to me and she was like you know what I keep seeing you around let's talk I'm like I, I let's talk about maybe writing a book or something I, your story is fascinating let's let's meet up and see what we can do about this and I was obviously like oh my gosh this is insane super super excited about it so I was like yeah definitely let's do this so we actually met up and she initially was probably looking for me to write more of a political book uh, we call them like a debate book here in Denmark I don't know if that's like the correct term for it but it's like a book that is sort of contributing to the debates uh, definitely sort of like more of the political social scenes um, here in Denmark and I was like okay I don't know I, I guess I could write something like that maybe 
but I kind of took a chance at that time and um, we were sitting and talking and towards the end of the meeting with her and she was just so nice I mean everything about her is just such she's such a beautiful character um but I kind of like took a chance and I said look um you know I I I'm kind of writing like I've started writing a story and she was like okay and I was like well it's a novel she's like yes <laughs> and I said well I mean I've only just started but would you like would you be interested maybe in having a little read and then see whether or not that's something that you guys could be interested in publishing and she said sure like why don't you try and send that to me and if it works it works if it doesn't then you know we'll try something else a different avenue and so I went home super super excited and I was like oh my god oh my god I'm gonna send my script and at the time I only had 5,000 words but I was like oh my god I'm gonna send my 5,000 words over to a publisher and this could change my life and blah 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 like my head was just spinning and the rest of the day I took off and I sat and I just kind of polished up the script that I had and I was like okay look it over one more time make sure that it sounds right blah 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 and so I sent it over and she took like I, th I want to say like it, it was about a week before she actually got back to me which I thought was the longest time um and she loved it she absolutely loved it and she was like yes 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 we want this book and also is there going to be a second one and I was like yeah there, I'm kind of the plan is that there's going to be a sequel she was like yes I want to sign that book as well and so all of this again I don't want you to take this as the normal way to get yourself a publisher because I do fully appreciate that this is this was you know god conspiring with the moves that i'd made previous to this but you know uh subhanallah that's how god does things you know but i mean what i want you to take from this more than anything is to take chances you know i could have sat at that meeting and not you know said i'm i'm actually working on a, something i could have been like ah, it's not quite ready i'm not so, so sure and i could have you know flagged on it and whatever but i didn't i sent the the script to her usually though i would say you kind of have to have a script fully written before you send it off to a publisher um but this was kind of like a unique situation but i would always say you know if you're oh sorry that was my um that was my um my phone um but i would always say if you're sitting in a position where you are in a position to to make or create your own luck go for it and i think that's the thing in my story that i definitely would want you to, to sort of hold on to because i could have just let my publisher go like yeah we're gonna write a debate book and i could have been like okay fine and i'm too scared to kind of mention my own idea because i've only just started i hardly have anything you know it's an idea it's a concept i'm still working on it but you know i did it anyway because i'd been sitting on it for so long and as luck would have it she loved it but if i hadn't gone there and said it you know said that i'm working on this particular manuscript we wouldn't have been here today so take that chance ask that questions take that leap you know and then just have absolute faith that if it's meant to be allah will be there and make sure that it happens for you and with you staying on that topic um a lot of you also asked or a few of you also asked when in the process uh, of writing do you contact potential publishers and how do you find a publisher and so on so I kind of want to talk into that a little bit as well because I actually did do some research on this uh, back in the day before this book came out and the general sort of 
idea of when to contact a publisher is when the script is done. So generally you don't contact a publisher with your idea of a book unless you actually have a written book. You know, it's very difficult for a publisher to take an idea and just be like, okay, we'll just, you know, sign you off on, a, on an idea. They need to see your writing. They need to see your structure. They need to understand, you know, one thing is the idea, but if you can't sort of you know, follow through on that idea in writing, then, you know, the publishers just wasted time uh, and potentially money on you, right? So you need to, you know, generally speaking, have a script done. You need to have the stories written. And that is whether, regardless of whether it's like fiction or you're writing a biography or you're writing a book for the debates or whatever it might be, you need to kind of have the book ready. However, if you're in a position where you are a person of influence or like me you've done like something for the media like a tv show or something and the, the publisher kind of you know it's kind of in contact with you if they contact you obviously you're there just make your pitch even if you don't have the book right but if if um you, you've done something of interest and you don't really have a script yet you're more likely to be in a position even at that point to go in and be like look i have an idea for a book they might not sign you up right then and there, but they might be like, we are absolutely interested. If you write us, let's say the first draft, please give, give us the first look. And so you might be able to have sort of like more of a, like a gentle guiding <laughs> through the process. Um, and they might be able to tell you sort of like what to do to make sure that they're going to write, uh, like, you know, sign a contract with you. But generally speaking, most people have to write the book first. And when they have the book, then they have to write up this cover letter explaining who they are and something about their book and and send that off to the publishers and you can do that by mail email it all kind of depends all publishers are different you can find i think i can't remember the, the name of the book but there's so many different um sources out there where they collect the publishers that might be interesting uh, for you to contact and it's so so important to do your research at this point it's so important that you do not send a children's literature book to a place that prints out you know cookbooks or something you know if, if you can see that this publishing house predominantly does political debate books then don't send a fiction to them if you can see another publishers that do fiction don't send them something where you're teaching somebody how to fish you know you know you need to do your research make sure you're sending your script to the right people so you don't waste your own time here and also so you don't end up getting re rejections that are you, you know that don't really matter because you sent it to the wrong place <laughs> you know um so kind of like applying for a job make sure you're, you know what the job's about before you apply right so that you have the right qualifications for it so i definitely say that and then obviously we've got the the option of of getting yourself a, a literary agent you know somebody who will send the script for you and stuff but then you've got fees and things like that and i would say i mean <laughs> It is definitely a route to go if you don't have the time, but I would almost say just kind of try and see if you can do it for yourself first. And if you can't, then you can always hire an agent to help you along the way. Okay, so um, the next question comes down to sort of like, um, or the next few questions, and I'm gonna try again and, and round them up into one. Uh, one says, what were, what were your methods? What would I do differently? Uh, how disciplined was I while I was writing the book? Um, and uh, what was the most challenging thing about writing the book. So now we're gonna come into sort of like more of the writing process. And um, <laughs> I wish I could be, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just such a non-organized, organized person. 
if that makes sense. Like I'm organized in that, like I'm physically organized, but mentally I'm a very creative mind. So I'm unorganized in my methods of doing things. I don't know if that makes sense. If you're the same kind of pe person or character, it'll make a hundred percent sense to you, but for somebody else it might not. Um, I don't have a specific method when I'm writing. Um, I say that and then I can think of like little things, but I think it's more, <sighs> routines. I like some routines, but not all routines. So for instance, I started writing this book before lockdown. And so what I used to do was go and sit in a restaurant or a cafe or a bar or anything like that, where I could put the music in my headphones and then I could just sit and write and there'd be nobody around me and I would have no TV or the dishes calling me or anything like that. Like I'd literally just be focused on the thing. And it also give me a reason to, to go out the house. However, you know, pandemic here and then I had to, you know, do everything from home. And I think that was a huge adjustment for me because I wasn't used to writing at home. I never really have been. I've always been that kind of like Starbucks writer, except I never really went to Starbucks. I'd go to like odd places, but you know, that the idea of like going somewhere else to sit and write um, because it helped me focus. And so I really had to hone the skill of sitting at home and writing. And that was so new to me. And it was a huge transition and it took so much from me to learn that discipline. And I really, I kid you not when I say that it's a discipline. Um, but so I didn't really have a method, but what I would do is set aside you know, a really big chunk of my day. Like I can't, I'm not one of those writers who are like, oh, I've got like an hour, two hours here between things, I'll sit down and write. I, I'm like, I need the whole day set aside to write because I, I have to get into it. I mean, I have to get into it. And because it's fiction, it's stuff that you have to make up and you know, you have to make things kind of fit with the other one and stay within the tone and the narrative and everything like that. You know, it's something where you constantly have to think about, okay, what do I think of next? What do I think of next? What do I think of next? Um, because what I had initially when I started writing was just a structure. I just had the skeleton. I knew where the story started. I knew some of the plots in between, and then I knew how I wanted the story to finish but everything in between of that was very loose so while I was writing I actually never really fully knew what was going to come next except I knew the direction that it was going in and so when I was writing I had to sit and make up on the go what was coming into this page or in this next chapter to try and make it go in the in the direction that I wanted it to go and so that kind of inspiration and that creative kind of creative thinking if, if you've sat down and tried to write something before or do something creative before, you know that inspira inspiration doesn't just come when you sit down and, you know, stare at the blank page. You know, sometimes you will stare at that blank page for a couple of hours and sometimes you'll write one sentence and then it'll be like another half an hour and then another sentence. And, it, you know, it can be a very drawn out process. It's it's a painstakingly long um, it was for me at least at times, but then there are other times where it's just so fluent and the inspiration is just there and you're just going with it and you're just like, oh my God, I'm the shit, look at me, wow, I'm an author and things are just going well, but it's, it's so up and down. But my thing, I definitely need more than just a couple of hours because the worst thing that could happen for me is getting into the flow of writing and then having to stop because I'd have to go and do something else. Another thing that I would do is I actually have these two or three playlists. I think it's, there's two main ones, but there's a third one that I always use on um, YouTube 
of this particular music that I'd listened to while I was writing and I don't know why but I just always stayed with them because they were like calming enough and sort of like you know not that exciting enough for me to sort of be like oh yeah let's jam to this music while I'm writing so calm enough for me to be able to ignore it but not so calm that I'd be like falling asleep or anything like that and I think you know I can't write in silence so I needed the music to sort of be there and then I found these couple of playlists um and I just kind of kept listening to it so like for a good six months you know that's all I was listening to while I was writing the book and you know you can get a little tired of it I, de I definitely haven't heard either of the two playlists um since I finished writing the book but I know that coming up now I have to start working on my second book I know that I'm going to pull back on those two playlists and that's what I mean by routines and stuff like that but generally speaking I'm kind of all over the place. I would sit in my office sometimes, I'd lie in bed sometimes, I'd sit in front of the TV sometimes, I'd go out in the garden sometimes if the weather would allow. Um, I really don't have much of a method in anything of this. And I'm also absolutely not the most disciplined person in my writing. I, I was all over the place and I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm clearly disciplined enough to get a book written but uh you know how you hear all these people like oh so you put your alarm for 4 30 and then you meditate for like half an hour and write in your journal and then you go for a run and then you have yourself a hot matcha green tea and then you sit with it and then you sit down for two hours uninterrupted and you write at least 500 words every day and this is how you write about you know what i call bullshit ain't nobody gonna do that sis well at least i wasn't you know i i i, I wish sometimes i was that person but there's just far too much structure in a day like that for me to feel comfortable and to be able to sort of see that through my discipline looks very chaotic but trust me when I say like I'm disciplined enough to see something through but in the most conventional sense of discipline mm, no <laughs> um the most challenging thing about writing the book I guess would be to sit down and write for a lot of the cases and I think that's a lot of a lot of people who have written books will say that that they can probably agree with that you know so again coming back to the whole thing of the discipline you know you really have to sit down sometimes and be like I've I really don't want to sit and write or you you get so tired of your character or your story I, I found myself several times looking at my screen and just being so annoyed with my character and I always thought that was such a weird thing when I read other authors say stuff like that I'd be like no how can you not like your own story you really don't like your own story by the end of it you know you're so tired of it and I was so tired of Amira I was so tired of her world I was so tired of her problems I was so tired of writing on it I was, I was just so tired <laughs> and you have to really sit with it and it's such a challenge to sort of overcome that boredom of your own story because you know it's going to be great but because you already know what's going to happen being able to write it with the same enthusiasm you had when you came up with the idea you know several months prior to that that is so challenging and you really do not appreciate 
that challenge fully until you sit down and you have to go through that because I never thought I'd get tired of my character because I always saw her as this super empowered heroine like oh my god yes this is brown girl magic she's going to come out Muslim girl magic and she's going to take on the shells and people are like nobody's seen her before blah 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 and towards the end I was like you know lord give me patience <laughs> give me patience Okay, the next question is, how did you start with the main character or the plot? Again, so this thing, my story, I've been sitting on it for 15 years. That's plenty of time to develop a character and a plot. And I kind of have to say those 15 years were so wasted because the, the plot and sort of the character that I ended up with still was so different to anything I'd actually thought up you know even 10 years ago I mean the overall idea stayed the same create uh, an ethnic Muslim version or perspective or narrative that would look like something that can be placed up there with Bridget Jones and Sex and City and all these characters you know that was the idea create that narrative but for the brown woman um, so that stayed but the actual character and how I wanted to tell the story and everything that continued to change and I think what happened when I finally sat down after I hosted the show here in Denmark the tv show was I was like enough messing around with this enough twiddling my thumbs enough thinking I have done enough thinking on this particular project I need to start sitting down and just see where my writing will take me and so I started writing the first chapter and I quickly developed a voice or a tone for the book in just writing that first chapter and so that's how I developed sort of like the actual tone and structure of the book this is it this is not sort of like a day one diary but you know this is just a girl coming in there and she's speaking to you you know this is you and Amira having a conversation when you're reading the book and I wanted that and I, I didn't know that I wanted it until I sat down and wrote it and I was like yes this makes sense you know so so sitting down and starting writing writing on it was the thing that made me develop the voice and the tone and the plots and everything that I wanted another thing for me was I, as I said I had the skeleton of the book I knew roughly what I wanted to happen sort of in the book and then I knew how I wanted it to end but everything in between was just sort of like blurred I didn't really know how to get from point a to point b and I think that was a good thing for me because I didn't restrict myself in creating more plots and more twists and introducing more funny characters. So whenever I had a good idea, I could just kind of like introduce that. In books, I think we're always focusing on one plot, you know, when we're, we're sitting down and we're trying to at least write a fiction. And I thought, okay, it just needs one sort of like big plot and whatever. But you actually need several, like readers need several plots, they need several conflicts, they need to be entertained every single chapter. And I didn't know that, you know, that's something I learned afterwards. So I thought I'd put enough plots in. Turns out I actually needed to put in, I think, two more when I put like when I went into the editing rounds and stuff. But either way, it meant that while I was writing, having my main plot, sort of Amira trying to find love and trying to date and all these things, was sort of like the main thing then the sub things were things with the family things with her friends things at work you know um, things with uh, other people cousins things like that and so it created more drama like sort of underneath but I I don't think if I'd sat down that I would be able to sort of think of all of these things sort of writing it down and and you know figure it out but I think sometimes if you have like a general idea of what it is that you want to 
achieve with the book itself with the story that you're writing and staying true to that idea then the tone and the plot and everything is going to fall into place for it so i knew that i had to create certain characters to balance out my main character and her at times very naive sort of spirit um, so I knew she had to have a friend that was very outspoken um, because she needed something to balance it out to make her make sense in a way and so things like that I knew I needed these elements but as I was writing it became clearer and clearer for me how to do it um, and also just having fun with it I think I personally in figuring out what like my main character and the plot I think was more sort of like I need the overall idea and the rest I'll figure out as I'm doing it that's something that works for me and not only in writing but in life as well I have like an overall idea how I'm going to get there I'm not sure but I'll figure it out on the on along the way I I personally that's something that really works well for me I'm I'm very much a I'll get the job like I'll get the, the ball rolling and Allah will keep it rolling for me that's how I see things I can appreciate that not everybody works that way um, but that's the way that I've done it so have the main idea of what I wanted Amira and the book to do and accomplish and then everything else will fall into place as I go along I know that that's not so much of an answer but that's how I've done it so I hope that that can at least inspire you to um, know that you don't have to have all your I's dotted and all your T's crossed um, before you start writing. You can literally just start and then just see where the story will take you. Okay, we're almost coming towards the end now. This is the second to last question and then we're done. So this question is really, really good. How do you deal with self-doubt and imposter syndrome? And oh my God, both of these things were so real during the writing process while I was writing this book there were several crises I mean other than the pandemic sort of like racial crises and stuff like that around the world that meant that I was writing this character about this brown you know young Muslim woman and it was at times you know my story is pushing boundaries a little bit and is saying some things that can be quite uncomfortable and I'm not apologizing for it in the book and I'm certainly not apologizing for it now but when you're writing something like that and you're seeing what's happening around the world and how little it takes for people to be sorely offended by you and cancelled you know cancel culture is something that is so real even though you know I just can't with it I you know the the doubt really crept on uh, crept in on me i i there were so many times where i was like can can am i allowed to write this book you know can i write this book who am i to write this book even you know am i even the right enough person to write this book is there a, a better woman than me to write this book that could explain it better have better humor be less offensive so self-doubt imposter syndrome came up so 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 many times you know it's unbelievable I think the way that I dealt with it number one you know I have a support system in my husband you know so I would tell him about it and I think that's my first very first thing if you're dealing with self-doubt or imposter syndrome in whatever field whether you're writing a book or something else share what you're going through with somebody who's in your life and so for me it was my husband and I'd tell him oh my god I'm really I don't know I'm feeling like this is not quite it maybe I'm maybe I'm being too rude maybe I'm not being rude enough what if I'm not pushing enough boundaries what if I'm pushing too many boundaries and so that was my first line of defense was sort of like telling 
my husband and sharing. And so my husband would kind of, <laughs> in most cases, do the rest. You know, he'd sort of remind me that my voice matters, that I matter, the story that I've, you know, come up with matters, that it's important. And, you know, one of the things he said, he said, you know, because he was sort of reading along on some of it, he was like, look, I'm not your target audience, but I'm finding your book to be hilarious. And I think that that says something. And I was like, maybe it does. But then again, you know, my husband and I, we've got such a weird sense of humor. So maybe I shouldn't have gone with that. But I did at the time. So <laughs> but either way, you know, letting somebody else help pull you out of your dark hole sometimes, you know, before you start spiraling out of control. And so that was my first line of defense. And I would definitely say that if you're struggling with something like that, call on help like ask somebody for help you don't need to sit with it alone and quite and then and then allow that person to help you you know i think that's also the thing about it you don't just ask help you allow the person to actually help you so take in what they're actually saying the next thing for me how i dealt with it was again sort of really just coming in and reminding myself of the same things of how important this story is for me and not even for like everybody else but how important it is for me to write this story for me to publish this story, for me to have other people read this story, because the whole story matters so much to me and it's been taking up so much mental space for me for the last 15 years. So it was sort of coming in and also being like, well, look, this is something, this is not just something you're doing on a whim, it's something that you've thought about for a very long time. It's not gone away, it's still there. The excitement for the book is still there. Maybe there's a reason to that. So honor that and then do the damn thing. Um, and as I was writing, I just had to also remind myself as my husband was doing, you know, just be authentic, use your voice, you know, don't start trying to people please as you're writing. Don't think about everybody else. Think about how if you picked up the book, how would it then look? And so I was writing it sort of in the way of thinking if I picked up the book, I would want the author to go there. Like I would want this to be said. And so I just kind of did it and kind of tried to take the audience as much as possible away which I don't know if that's a good idea but I did it you know and thinking more of like if I was my own audience what would I want to see in the book and that helped me sometimes you know push through the doubt and um, the feeling of imposter syndrome okay so absolutely last question now and this was probably the most asked question it actually was the most asked question it was will we have an English version? Um, when will the English version come out? Is it going to be published in the UK? Uh, will it be available in English soon? <laughs> Clearly you guys really wanted in English. Here's a really fun fact for you guys. I actually wrote the whole book in English. So there is actually already an English version. But because I'm a Danish author in Denmark, they obviously want me to come out as a Danish author with like in Danish writing. So they couldn't very well publish the book in English. They knew that that would not make it very easy for me as a debut novelist. So they actually had somebody else um, called Alnita, who's again, another amazing woman, come in and translate my entire book from English to Danish. And then I'd have to sit with her and make sure that the tone in the book, in the Danish version, still felt authentic to me. So it was actually a much longer process in this writing because I write my stuff in English. And then having, have, having, have, have, I'm so sorry, having it had translated then to Danish. But the good thing is in all of this that there already is an English version. The next good news is 
that we are definitely working on getting it out into a broader audience internationally that includes the US, the UK, Europe, other places around the world. I can't speak on it too much because we've got an, like an, an actual agent who's working on these things. The bad news, or I don't know if it's bad news, but I guess the delay in all of this and getting it out in like with the English version is because I'm a Danish debut novelist, you know, um, they're gladly taking me on here in Denmark. But because I'm Danish, places like the UK and the US are going to favor, you know, English debut novelists or US debut novelists and not try and take a, a new novelist from another country. Obviously, they're going to try and promote from within. So in order for me to be able to sort of get picked up, they need to see a proof of sale. So my book just came out two days ago, right? So <laughs> there's, I don't know how much proof of sale I can do in two days, but um, you know, they need to see that this author is selling before they're willing to invest in this manuscript in this book as well. Now, fingers crossed, I think I've so far I've done really, really good. We've had so much good fortune with us so far, alhamdulillah, with this book. Um, that I will, I can only assume that at some point somebody else is going to pick it up. I know there's a genuine interest in it from certain places around the world. But as I said, we still need to just kind of make sure that, you know, this is the point where you kind of want all your I's dotted and the T's crossed, right? Or at least I don't, but the, the other publishers around the world does. So there's there, there's a whole way of going around those things. I'm not personally sitting with it, so I can't give you dates or timeframes or anything like that. That really is my publisher and the agent that they've got working on it. They're the ones who are taking care of it. And I'm just kind of sitting back and letting them do their jobs and work within their genius zone because that's definitely not my genius zone. But I want to kind of say rest assured that there will absolutely 100% be an English version. Even if, uh, you know, nobody takes it, then I'm going to self-publish it in an English version just so that you guys can have it. So don't worry, it's absolutely coming, but please be patient with me. Uh, and we're obviously hoping for a publisher in all these countries to take it on rather than me self-publishing. But, you know, keep me in your duas for that. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> just pray for me and, and hope that it's coming out. I really, really, really would love to share it with a broader audience as well. So that is it. That is the questions that I got from you guys. Um, I tried to condense them in from time to time. I hope that it still made sense and that you got your answers from uh, the, uh, the way that I answered. I actually just now remembered that there's one question I didn't answer. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. The, uh, the question, um, it's actually a very easy one to answer. So I'm going to do it right now. Did you have to buy inventory or the publisher ships to the customer directly? Obviously, if I was a self-published author, then maybe I'd have to buy some inventory. I'm not exactly sure. I think Amazon, for instance, offers self-published authors the buy then produce option. Um, but I'm with a publisher. So the publishers have pre-ordered uh, a batch of my book and sent them to the bookshops. So I personally haven't invested anything in inventory or stock or anything like that. That's all the publisher has done. And I guess that's one of the things that you have to take into consideration if you are a self-published author and you have a physical book, how do you find the inventory and how do you distribute it? But that's more of a self-publishing um, uh, issue to sort of deal with. But yes, now I've answered all the question. And so, I really, really hope that you guys could take something from today's episode. It's been so 
different for me to sit down and record just me sitting here and recording like and answering questions I'm so used to having a guest with me to sort of spar with but I hope that it made sense I hope you enjoyed it I hope you got your questions answered if you've got any more that you'd like to ask me then again remember you can find me especially on Instagram that's the easiest way to contact me my username is at Zara Pedersen so hit me up over there I'll answer as soon as I can um, but until then you know you guys please go out if you're in Denmark and buy my book and let me know, tag me when you get my book. I'm so excited about it. I just can't even believe it. Tag me on a post and show me the book and let me know what you guys think of it. You know, be kind, but not too kind. If you don't like the book, you're allowed to say you don't like it, but you know, <laughs> but don't say it to me. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for listening in today. I will see you in a couple of weeks' time when I'm back again with another amazing guest. Jazakallah for listening and live in love. Thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. If you want to connect with me elsewhere, you can find the links to my socials on zarapedersen.com. Before you go, I'd love it if you could leave me a review or tell a friend about the podcast. And if you're new here, you might as well subscribe. You'll be back. I know it. You know it. There's no point in delaying the commitment. Welcome to the sisterhood, babe. Until next time, please don't forget to live in love.